I'm your host Freya Samuelson and today I've got a great episode for you from Chloe Amstein, a strategy consultant specialising in helping charities to become audience-led. In today's episode I get Chloe's advice on how to write the perfect brief to help inspire and motivate someone whilst also being clear and concise. And this is much easier said than done. I myself, having received briefs in the past, knew what would make a good and a bad brief but I also found myself struggling knowing where to start or even where to end because sometimes it's really hard to decipher what's the most important point because to you, when you're so close to a cause, they all feel extremely important. But luckily, Chloe has a wealth of experience and she's here today to show us and tell us about how to bring a boring brief to life using just the resources that you have. And this episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work For Good. Work For Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Welcome to Charity Chat, Chloe. It is great to have you here. Hi, Freya. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, so, Chloe, in your previous roles, you were Supporter Acquisition Manager in uh, Individual Giving, in the Individual Giving team at Wartrade, and you were also Senior Planner, I think. Was it Senior Planner? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, at, that's right. Yeah. At the Good Agency, a creative agency where we actually work together. Um, that was my first proper job as you probably <laughs> realised. <laughs> and, um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and it was really great. It was a really great job to learn like as much as that, so much in such a condensed amount of time. Um, we worked on those, you know, fundraising appeals, campaigns, new brands, product development, everything really. Um, but of course, the keys of why I'm saying this is that they all started with a brief. And um, it was only once I moved to a small a uh, small medium-sized charity and I was writing these briefs myself I realized no one teaches you how to write a brief uh you kind of know what to put in it but if everything is stemming from that brief it makes it a really important part to get right um and yes like if you are working with an agency sometimes they take your brief and they make it into a creative brief and take all that work away from you um but often or sometimes it's just you and a freelance designer and copywriter and you've got to just try your best so Chloe this is why I'm coming to you today <laughs> to help creative briefs across the land um, be the most inspiring and creative tool and informative tool uh, that they can be uh, so I thought we might as well start with what is a creative brief and how do you actually use it hi there Freya yeah no I'm really excited to talk about this because uh, I think often briefs get a bit of a bad rep don't they well we when I worked at Wartrade a long time ago your initial feeling would be like oh god it's a really blank boring template filling it can feel like another job when you're already really busy but actually I I I kind of reframed it in a way that fundamentally I believe that it's the job 
of um, charity people that work in comms and fundraising, our kind of primary role is like, how do we create connection between the charity and the audience, the people that we're speaking to? And if that's our primary role, like to be this bridge to help connect people to the difference that they make, but the impact that they can have, then and we're doing that through communications, whatever the form they may take, then the brief is like the starting point for that. So far from being this like really, you know, this annoying part of the process, I found actually reframing it as this is something that I should feel excited about because it's my opportunity actually to think about how am I going to inspire people? How am I going to get them, you know, really kind of fired up about the cause and get them really moved to take to take action? So I sort of define the brief. I like to think about it as a bit of a it's a document providing um, like the raw materials and the guidance to really help your creative partners create those communications that really connect you know so um so working back from that and, and talking a little bit about what i mean by raw materials and guidance is um you know raw materials are the sort of that those key elements those sort of building blocks that can create really effective communications so those are things like the stories the personal stories that you have it's the images it's the audience insight that you have you know what do we actually know about people and basically the higher quality of those raw materials that you can give to your creative partners whether it's an agency or a or a copywriter the better the outcome is going to be um so actually really thinking about how can we make these raw materials the best po po possible is going to you know really set the tone for creating those those communications that really connect yeah and then the second part of a brief really is like it is about providing guidance and direction to your creative partners um so you've got to give them a real kind of point in the right direction of actually what's the kind of vision what does this communication need to do and that works a number of levels it's thinking about um who does it need to speak to but also like what's the objective what's what are we asking people to do or feel or or, uh, or reflect upon um so yeah so it's a, it's a document providing that raw materials and guidance to really help your creative partners create those communications that that connect brilliant and when I've, i don't know if people really know how uh once you receive a brief like how you dissect it and what I think maybe it might be useful for people to know, like, yeah, when when you receive that, what are you looking for? What are you picking Ooh. out? And things like Good that. Question. Yeah, because I've received a lot of briefs in my time. So when I was senior planner at Good Agency, mm. you know, if you're giving a brief to someone, they will basically scan it and you know pretty instantly if it's like a good brief mm -hmm. or if it's a dummy brief. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a and I think, you know and I think that the first thing uh if, if you know if it's a good brief is that it is inspiring it's not just information you know there's stuff in there that kind of feels new and fresh and different that makes it all kind of feel very very alive so let me go into what I might mean by that a bit a bit more you know the first one is that um you know to make it kind of really focused to make it really clear you've got a really clear objective 
So think about a brief going, what is that kind of one tennis ball that we want to throw to our audience to get them to catch it? And uh, because people are really busy, right? Mm -hmm. How many of us actually pay attention to adverts? We don't. We don't do. We see what I don't know what stats are. Thousands of adverts every single day. Mm -hmm. And so you really normally got one one split second to make an impact. So what is that one objective that you want to do? Not 10 tennis balls. No one's going to catch 10 tennis balls. The first thing I'll be looking for is going, what's the primary objective? Is it raising awareness? Is it raising money? Is it shifting people's attitude? What's that one thing that we really want them to do? So tell a good brief if it's got that real clarity, basically. The second thing that I look for in a really good brief is uh, a kind of picture of your audience. And, and by picture, I mean, like, are you creating a sort of feeling in my mind of who the target audience is that I'm speaking to? And often the trap that I can see, I see people fall into. And I did this myself when I was at WaterAid. You know, it's a really, uh, really, really easy pitfall is to go, you know, oh, either it's like cold or warm, <laughs> you know, i.e. like we're speaking to people in the database, it's warm or we're going cold. It's not particularly useful when you're trying to create communications that connect with people because people in the real world don't define themselves by whether or not they're on your database. <laughs> Support of five, six, seven, nine. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Have you got your number? Have you remembered it? Absolutely not. Um and then the other thing that's quite easy to do with this, a bit of a pitfall, is to describe your audience purely by demographics. So what I mean by that is, oh, these are older people. You know, the worst cliche we know fundraising is like describing people as, as Dorothy Donor. Mm -hmm. Because instantly we're just defining people by, you know, their age. And actually, even if you look at people that, you know, uh, might might fall into the senior demographic, there's a huge number of different types of people, you know, we can all think of someone who's 80, who's like super dynamic and yeah, you know, better social life cool. than me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> super involved community going uptown every day. And then we also perhaps know 80 year olds who are a bit more, you know, traditional. Hmm. So don't define people by just by their demographics. The thing is really is you want to read that brief and not go, oh, I see the donor it's like I want to see those real people and how you do that then is thinking about um really getting under skin of their values and what makes people tick because that's the main driver of why people support charities so if you're working in cause-led fundraising cause-led marketing uh you know talking about the, the, your work and the difference that it makes and wanting to engage people in that the main way to do that is thinking about the values which are essentially the sort of principles that drive our life so is it an audience that's all about are they an audience all about social justice you know and they sort of see themselves as activists and change makers and you know are out there you know being being kind of very proactive on creating that change in the world or are they people that perhaps you know like lots of people in the UK are probably sort of centre politics they might value things like fairness you know, they might think about actually want to give people a fair chance in the world. And um, it might be that you think about your audience in terms of what kind of change do they want to make in the world? Do they want big picture vision, you know, revolutionary change? 
or do they want are they actually happy with like small incremental steps person person by person so I always look for things in briefs that like really bring them to life about you know uh, who they are as people what connects them uh, what really connects them to your core so anything you've got like some of the best briefs I've seen have been things like um you know little anecdotes that you've got about your supporters you know everybody has had you know some kind of something set in the post mm. from a supporter or you know this was this bit of feedback or you know I can remember when I worked with Dogs Trust there was this you know little kind of um story about how a supporter at Christmas sent in uh, a ready cooked roast dinner. Mm. To the <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And while that is wow. that is hilarious, I mean that really says something about yeah. who people are, doesn't it? Yeah, dogs trust supporters are hardcore. They are, yeah. they're they're definitely hardcore. Yeah. It, it actually says if you think about that, that says that they really see their dogs as family. Mm. They are family. We we treat dogs like we would treat, you know, our own next of kin, right? That's a really powerful value is mm. family, um, you know, and the lengths we go to actually to look after family. Yeah. So any little like anecdotes like that, those are the things that get lodged in people's heads and really help put the audience mm. in the room. So, you know, collect those, I would say, or like collect those you know think about yeah. like which ones make you you know laugh or you know cry whatever that emotional reaction is normally that means that's a really good juicy yeah yeah or like <laughs> quotes and stuff they're kind of good as well aren't they oh yeah quotes yeah. is another really good one and that's another really good tip about like what I look would look for in a brief is go like you know data's all very well you can give me if you're lucky to have a big you know segmentation piece that is driven by lots of numbers that's that's wonderful but sometimes the problem with that is actually you can feel quite disconnected from people and normally that's been developed through a kind of quantitative survey where all those sentences and statements have been written they're not people's real words mm -hmm. another really good thing would be thinking about finding those quotes about why people like support your charity support your cause and by going back to their real words Again, that's a way of kind of unlocking what are the values, what are the principles that drive their life, what's that real change that they want to see. And suddenly your brief is full with lots more colour mm -hmm. that, you know, see these pen portraits we did 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, we've got some database insight on these people. It's like go back to the kind of the words, you know, even the pictures, like if you know more about, you know, your supporters and can bring mm. it to them that way of who they are. Um, yeah. Tell us a story about somebody. Yeah. Uh, love that. Love yeah. that. Amazing. Um, yes, yeah, about the colour. The colour and the bring it to life, you know. And it's similar, just to say, you know, it's very much similar for your personal stories as well. So, you know, briefs often for charities contain case studies. And um, I personally really don't like the term case studies. Mm, same. It's like we're sort of studying people, mm -hmm. like, you know, a kind of scientific experiment or something. Yeah. Um, it feels quite it feels clinical, like, doesn't yeah. it? It feels a bit like you're exploiting them or using them a bit rather than 
telling someone's story yeah exactly yeah so I like to just call them you know the stories that we use Mm -hmm. and you know if you can try include things that um try to get the, the the details of their interview that really reveal who they are as people you know and it's the bits that are be often beyond the immediate work of the charity that are the interesting part mm. you know what are those little things that bring them to life you know if you you work in the UK and perhaps you do home visits what's in their home that you notice you know is it photos of their family up on the on the fireplace is it the books yeah. that they read that just like really make them feel you know make their stories very very real and um, place them so yeah similar similar tip on that one of the things i loved at the good agency was doing a brief kind of holistically and trying to create some senses around it it's not just you know a piece of paper we'd try and uh transform a room into a scene to make people feel like they're in that um in that scenario because yeah when you're when you're creative or whoever you don't work in the charity you're off you've often got so many projects on the same time in that week and it's really hard to just switch off at 12 30 from your, your old job and move on to a whole new project and kind of immerse yourself so that was a really good way that we um yeah tried to make someone feel like they were either the beneficiary or the service provider or something try and put them in those shoes and i know at dogs trust actually one of the really helpful things is that we actually went to visit the one of the battersea dogs the bat not battersea oops <laughs> Basildon, Basildon, um, went to visit Basildon Centre and just, yeah, looking around the centre and looking at the, I still remember those dogs. There's these two white dogs I still remember and they had to be adopted together because they had come from a a lady's home who died. And just like all those little things made me realise kind of, yeah, just how they work and I met the vets and all this kind of stuff really kind of, I'd never adopted a dog, never been to a dog or adoption center for animals so that was really important for me to see that and understand how it worked um and then i think we also did one for cancer research shops and that was i'd never actually known anyone close to me who'd had cancer so i didn't really know about the when you're going through chemo how your senses have changed and you know buying flowers for someone who's going through chemo is actually a rubbish gift because they can make them feel nauseous and they might not want to eat chocolate and so we did, yeah, a brief about, I think I had a basket full of different items that you could give to someone. And as the creators picked them out, there'd be a little note on saying why it was a good idea or a bad idea to give them. So that was like trying to, yeah, holistically involved the creatives into that. Um, so important, so yeah. important. Two really good examples you've got there. And I think what both of those do is what you're trying to do is connect your creative team to the cause again just like us as charity comms people and fundraisers are trying to do you need to connect in you know your copywriter your art director you know your designer so they can really live and feel the you know the difference that it makes for themselves and I think all both those examples you gave Freya what was lovely about them is they were like really sensory Mm. you know 
that's uh and, and that's something that can actually come through work through through into the creative work you know both in the sense of like how you make people feel you know but also actually what you're trying to do is take people to that work you know you're trying to get them to see live and breathe that impact for themselves so great tip around anything that feels like you're taking people there yeah. uh, a really good one you know so something something I did uh when I went on trips at Water Aid and I was the client you know I came back and I gave the creative team a, a visual uh, a visual brief and also played um some film from the trip as well so rather than yes there was a written brief mm-hmm. but I also said like you know here's my top 20 snaps told them the stories of the different people I met you know played them a little video clip of some music you know being welcome mm-hmm. to the village or with the idea of like let's let's really take the team there so they can kind of feel it feel it for themselves that was a you know really lovely one um but even if you know that's kind of really going above and above and beyond you know Mm. for some 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 of us often you know if you're working client side that can feel quite hard to do Mm. so one of the things that I would just advise if you you know if you don't have the time to do that that kind of stuff is just try and keep it really human Mm. so yes by all means like send over the written brief um but, you know, can you meet your creative partners and have a chat person to person, you know, and 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 kind of talk talk it through just in a way that probably you would if you were, um, you know, somewhere really for, informal. Imagine you're in a cafe. Imagine you're in a pub. Like, what would that conversation be? And I think don't forget the obvious, <laughs> you know, because it's often the stuff really in the obvious of how the charity works and what you do and the difference that you make that often there's the the gems in there and the other tip I would give is um you know trust trust your instincts so uh, when I was at Water Aid as well I wrote this brief which resulted in um a banker so it's 15 years ago now but a banker that is still their best performing uh creative for press inserts it's a legacy isn't it it's a proper legacy and uh I'll be honest we didn't have robust audience insight back then you know it was it's a long time ago and water mm-hmm. all over that now but what I did is I imagined the audience and I imagined how they felt about the cause and um just kind of used a lot of my lived experience really of who I thought the audience was and wrote it from a very instinctive instinctive level um and I, I wrote it not in a sort of way that was full of marketing jargon I wrote it in a way that like this is how you would speak to the audience really kind of setting the tone and then what came back because I was really brave with how I wrote it was some creative work that really challenged a lot of you know what's what's called those category norms like how charities usually usually communicate and obviously went on to be amazingly successful so there's still stuff you can do even if you haven't got time you know to go to go all out on this sort of experience part of things um yeah yeah love that yeah even yeah as you say like sending even a video or just telling if you if you're close to the cause and it's you don't have anyone i don't know you don't have the things to make it feel sensory you probably have your own story about someone that you've met or yeah or how it's affected you and anything that makes it yeah that human yeah stick in someone's head when they're working on it 
and it, you're you know you're on your 10th amendment yeah. <laughs> and like oh gosh this is good this is long that's a really that's also yeah it's a really good point for actually as I think often you know when you work at charity you can kind of forget how much knowledge you already have mm. and bringing in your own experience into it so some of the best fundraising appeals I've done have been based on a fundraiser's experience ah. and um you know their kind of perception their experience of working for the cause the people that they've met because they've recognized the value in that like ultimately we're all kind of you know everyone's kind of fascinated like what really goes on in a charity mm. what's it like what surprises mm. you you know what was that like early experience like what does it feel like mm. um you know all that stuff that stuff that emotional experience is really rich so you can you know lots of lots of fundraisers do this when you're short for a case study make yourself a case study you know (laughs) (laughs) and that could and that can really work yeah definitely I think we got into a really good habit at my last charity of almost every single appeal we'd interview a program like program staff because they knew so much more than what than we ever could about that country that they work in and what they're doing and that really helped boost every single cash appeal that we ever did just having that kind of not authoritative um you know like authentic voice um, yeah that really knew what they were talking about um instead of you know the ceo signing it off or whatever absolutely yeah i think the word authentic there is is really lovely and it's bringing in those different perspectives as well you know so some of the best briefs i've seen have have had a couple of different perspectives yes it's the perspective of you know the 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 beneficiary or the co-creator of your mission but it's also the perspective of a staff member uh, or someone that's a staff member that's working directly with them or someone as you say kind of you know um director or or something Mm. like that and that brings out that kind of richness and ultimately what people are looking for you know is they want they want that realness give them Mm. the realness don't give them the brief that is um you know full of artifice where we can't really reach out and touch and feel what's Mm -hmm. what's actually going on we kind of people really want that inside track don't they Mm -hmm. and that feeling of this is this is really happening right now yeah Okay, so now we're going to name and shame. No, we're going <laughs> to let's talk about really, really bad briefs and what yeah. people avoid to stop sending out a bad brief that, you know, brings back a terrible creative and you're just pulling out your hairs. I mean, I have been guilty of a few bad ones before I landed on Be The Change, so maybe I can share a few of the things yeah. that I did. <laughs> But looking, but looking back, I was like, hmm, yes, glad I evolved my approach there. Yeah. So I think like the first thing to say about a bad, you know, bad brief uh, um, that I certainly, yes, yeah, certainly was guilty of is it was information, not inspiration. Mm. So um, I, I've definitely written the odd 10 page brief in my time. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Where perhaps I probably didn't understand the fact it's called a brief for a reason. You're trying to kind of, you know, really kind of think how you're going to connect with the audience. Uh, And um, by uh, normally what what I did was just regurgitated, you know, a lot of information about how the charity works, organisational strategy. um, You know, these are the last results we got. Mm-hmm. It, it's all kind of relevant 
but it wasn't really filtered through anything normally not filtered through the eyes of the audience and thinking yeah. well like is this is this actually going to be relevant and useful for mm-hmm. creating a communication that really connects so the if you ever send a long brief trust me your creative partner's heart will sink yeah. the moment you read it it's a bit like you know getting instructions for a new piece of kit no one reads the instructions yeah. and you're also <laughs> wasting their time so if they've only got a few hours to read that brief and they're trying to dissect everything that is just yeah a waste of their time absolutely it normally said you have no idea what you want either yeah that's, yeah that's so whatever i create it's probably going to be wrong yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. If you haven't kind of yeah. focused that down around who your audience is and what would yeah. be interesting for them so that's the sort of you know for first cardinal sing at sin of briefs mm-hmm. and i think like the other you know the other mistake that i see people make is sort of on the opposite end of that spectrum there's almost nothing in it at all <laughs> and you know it comes down to budgets and timings oh and, we, and we need a you know a june a june summer yeah. appeal need it now and, uh, and it's for a it's for a warm audience <laughs> that's i can see the yeah. fear in your eyes chloe <laughs> and that's like uh, like i do and i just to say i do really empathize if, if you are that person that writes that brief i do i do empathize because you know thinking about who your audience is it is relatively new in the sector isn't it it's something that we're starting to yeah. talk about a lot more but until you realize that the audience is your compass you know the audience is that filter for deciding actually you know what's the right theme that we're talking about what's the right thing that we're asking them to do uh, what would be the right um personal story to show that until you kind of really understand that it can feel like the brief is just this sort of like functional you know functional do- document where you're just telling your partners don't spend too much money and yeah. uh, can you get it done by this date? Yeah. <laughs> so that one is definitely, you know, that will make creative partners, uh, creative partners sing. And I think, you know, the other the other thing that's kind of linked to that is where perhaps a, a, a personal story is provided, uh, but it bears no relation to why the, the kind of external context. It's not clear why you've chosen that personal mm. story. So, you know, I've seen, for example. Well, for example, that would be something like, you know, we're doing a big Christmas campaign. Um, here's here's our personal story. Doesn't connect to Christmas at all. Mm-hmm. All you the know, thing you're asking for, like all the thing, yeah. all the thing you're you asking even for. Give this person a Christmas meal, like yeah, it's really yeah, hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's hard. really hard. Yeah. And you know, while I I have real empathy, I know getting personal stories can be a real challenge. You know, where you're. It's a bit like for getting a blood from a stone sometimes, isn't it? You know, enough coming through. Um, and so you just go with what's what's the one we haven't used? What's the one that's available now? Um, but you should be choosing a personal story based on, you know, how is this relevant to the moment that this communication is going out? Mm-hmm. How is it relevant to the audience? How is it relevant relevant to the ask? So this is this, the thought that goes into it, I think, mm-hmm. that that we like to look for it is in that sense a kind of thinking thinking process that mm. you do need to distill it down you need, do need to make some decisions and ultimately you know the risk is if you don't do that your creative partners will make decisions for you yeah. and then 
what happens is you get work back and you go that's so wrong (laughs) but because you haven't focused it down they are kind of you know um, yeah straws absolutely they don't really know they don't really know what you want it's often you know then sometimes you can be the client that only knows what they want when they see what they don't want yeah that's That's, true yeah that's timely and expensive and painful for everyone (laughs) (laughs) quite demotivating for your creative team as well yeah so going back to what I was saying earlier about you know sometimes doing the creative brief can just feel like oh what is this document Mm -hmm. you know it's more of my time actually if you spend the time up front getting really clear you know on those kind of fundamentals of who your audience is what we're asking them to do you know and what's the kind of theme then you've agreed that up front makes everything else a lot easier yeah and greater partners yeah actually yeah getting that creative getting your brief approved by senior someone senior so that everybody knows what you're sending to creatives and no one can you know when it comes back and they're like well why are you talking about that yeah Yeah. that's really important that's a good point actually yeah is that it is you know a, a, a good brief is something that everybody should buy into yeah and and people need to understand that it is about decision making mm-hmm. it is about as much as what you're putting into it as what you're putting out of it mm-hmm. you know what's in there as much as what's not in there yeah um, and um yeah so getting buy-in from people you know quite that clarity side all the kind of stakeholders at that point and spending time with them so they understand who is your audience what yeah. makes them this is why we've chosen this art. Yeah. This is why we've chosen this theme. Um, will uh, will make things much more enjoyable and Definitely. you know produce much more effective communications yeah. as well. Today, which is why we're all here. So, Chloe, can you give us your checklist of what should be in a brief? Absolutely. So, number one, what is your objective of the communication? Remember, try and just throw one tennis ball, not tennis balls. What's the one thing that you're asking people to do? Second thing is, who is your audience? And try and think about how you define your audience based on uh, their values, based on their motivation to support you. Uh, try and bring them in as real people, whether that's using their real words um, or, or little anecdotes, but really bring them to life, really put them in the room. The third thing that should always be in there is um, some guidance on what your theme is. You know, what's the theme that you want to talk about? Is there a particular area of your work that you want to talk about uh, and focus on? Um, and think about how is that theme relevant to now? You know, why have I chosen that theme in particular? Is it part of the kind of cultural zeitgeist? You know, are we talking about it? Is it in the media at the moment? Is it on social media? There's something about it that feels quite relevant. Or is it like seasonal relevance, for example? You know, there's something that feels like, um, you know, that's, uh, that it makes sense given the month we're in um, or what, what's coming up in the calendar. The fourth thing is uh, personal stories you know, and really kind of putting in the extra effort to make sure those go as far as possible, to be human, uh, to be real, you know, to not 
not kind of feel like it's all about the charity and the great work we did and actually hear firsthand from people this is what my experience has been like this was the kind of problem this charity helped solve for me and this is how I feel now and um, so very much go, yeah going back to people's emotional experience that's often the thing that really drives charity support um, and then the fifth thing um, is, you know, your budget and your timings, you know, which is your kind of T's and C's part, which is important, but hopefully it's the quickest and easiest part to do. And then final tip, yeah, deliver it. Think about how can you deliver it in an interesting way? So, yeah, write the write the word document by all means. But is there some other extra thing that you can do to bring it to life? That might be as simple as just playing a video you know, from your charity that you think really kind of tells a story that's relevant to that brief. Uh, it might be that you deliver it in a visual way with a bit of a photo story um, to help inspire, inspire the team. So those are my, those are my top tips. Amazing. Thank you. So thanks again for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and find it useful. And of course, please let us know your thoughts or if there's anything you'd like us to cover or may in fact have your own great story or insights that you need to be shared with the world. Get in touch through our website, charitychat.org.uk. Now it's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work For Good. Work For Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Thank you also to Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Aksamit for our beautiful website, and Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out now. This has been your host, Freya Samuelson. Thanks again and speak to you soon.